This is Iron Mike Stedman, and on this episode of Dog Whistle Branding, I conduct a coaching session with a military spouse named Katina Roost, co-founder of American Force Coffee, a veteran-owned coffee company established in 2018 with the goal of promoting specialty-grade coffee and making it accessible to everyone. Katina started the company with her husband, who's still on active duty, and their goal is to make it into a sustainable business over the next three years before he transitions into the civilian world. I met Katina through the Dog Tag Fellowship Program, a 501c3 that empowers service-abled veterans, military spouses, and caregivers through an innovative five-month fellowship program focused on entrepreneurship and well-being. I had an opportunity to host a marketing and branding workshop for the last cohort, as well as provide feedback on their capstone projects a few weeks ago. Katina and her husband are still dialing in their brand identity and reached out to me in order to help her think through the process. I do my best to help as many people as I can through my content. And due to my current obligations between Ironbound Boxing and Ironbound Media, I don't always have time to jump on a quick call. So I decided to invite Katina on the show in order to kill two birds with one stone. One of our core values at Ironbound is lifting as we climb. So helping others is part of our give back. If you need help with your marketing and branding and are willing to think through the process on the show, shoot me an email at mike at weareironbound.com or text me at 832-284-1045. This episode is a lot longer than my previous ones, but I'm hoping the insights provide value and help you build your own dog whistle brain. All right, Gunny, get them ready. Yo, saddle up, lock and load. Welcome to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride, where we provide weekly tack planning on marketing, brand strategy, and category design for early and growth stage veteran-owned small businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, godfather of Dog Whistle Branding, and CEO of Ironbound Media, a podcast production agency that helps veteran-owned businesses create distribute, and grow branded podcasts in order to engage with your ideal audience. Each week on this series, I coach you through the different marketing, branding, and category design strategies that I've developed over the years to drive revenue and increase customer engagement. Those are the only ROI that matter for a dog whistle brand. I'll also include case studies where I bring on guest SMEs or business owners to provide a debrief on their dog whistle brand strategy. Before we jump into the show, Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB and our work at Ironbound Media and the Lions Pride. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Saddle up, lock and load. Katina, welcome to Dog Whistle Branding. Thank you. So we're going to do something a little different, y'all. Typically, I jump on here. You know, I do a case study uh, by inviting on a veteran-owned small business owner or early-stage startup founder uh, with me and Bill Watkins, or sometimes I do solo. But today is going to be like a live case study slash coaching call. I had an opportunity to meet Katina and her company, American Force Coffee, um, as part of the Dog Whistle Branding Fellowship. Uh, Not not Dog Dog Whistle Branding. Let me rephrase that. (laughs) <laughs> Dog Tag Bakery Fellowship, which I've had a privilege of teaching marketing and branding to um, a great program. Shout out to the Dog Tag Fellowship. And uh, also, I had opportunity to be one of the judges or provide feedback during you guys' graduation in Capstone. And uh, Katina messaged me and was like, I would love for some more feedback. So I was like, you know what, let's just jump on a podcast. And I figured we'll just discuss your venture on here provide some feedback, think through some stuff. And then you can also let our community know um, how they can help you on your journey. So uh, Katina, without further ado, um, tell us about uh, American Forces Coffee. Um, Hi. (laughs) Well, uh, American Forces Coffee is uh, obviously, well, veteran owned. My husband's still active duty, but I guess you can use the term veteran if you've uh, fought in a war. So active duty and obviously I'm a military spouse owned. I am from Guatemala. I was born and raised there. He is from Virginia Beach. And um, yeah, together we started American Force Coffee in 2018. We started thinking about it before 
I actually went to art school in Savannah and he was stationed there at 175. So that's how we met. And I didn't realize what good coffee I had been drinking my whole life until I was away for college in art school and Starbucks was like not part of my budget every day. So I was like, I need to do something about it. So I started bringing my own coffee and naturally people started drinking it and everybody's like, oh yeah, this is really good. And then fast forward to 2016, we kind of started talking about it. Oh, let's do something with it. And in 2018, we just decided to start a business. Um, I'm a graphic designer and he's been in his, in the army his whole life. So, well, for 17 years. So none of us have any background in uh, business. So that DocTech fellowship that you mentioned earlier was uh, a really big help. It was such a cool program and it definitely helped us uh, get our ducks in a row a little bit more. So we uh, source specialty grade and single origin coffee. We started just with Guatemalan and now we have Colombian and we are just about to launch Costa Rica. We're actually um our first like roast for retail just shipped so i should have it on monday uh so that's super exciting congratulations thank you where are you guys at now with uh with the company like revenue wise i think we're still not not breaking even yet we're i don't know not not there yet. <laughs> How much are you bringing in average monthly, you're thinking? Um, so we have one really big client, and I know this is one of the things that gets hammered every time we're in a business class or business talks. It's like you can't depend on one big client, which is a uh, headquarter Nissan in Georgia. And so when we have them, we bring in about three to four grand. And when we don't, we bring in a lot less. So um Definitely dependent on that one big business. We try to focus on business to business, which is obviously our biggest source of revenue. Um, and we started in Georgia and then PCS uh, for me. And we moved here February. Well, we left Georgia February 14th, arrived here in the 15th. And exactly a month later, we were on shutdown. We were shut down for the pandemic. So, and I was pregnant with our first son. So it was really hard to network and I feel like obviously we all know with connections is how you get to you know know people and get into businesses so it's been a really big challenge yeah well I appreciate you sharing and one of the reasons I, I was asking the revenue because I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough amongst our community you know the veteran community is like you know how do we know where we need to go right like you know being honest and say okay we're here now you know let's say I'm bringing in like 5k a month but to get to what I want to accomplish, I need to get to 10K a month and 15K a month. And so being honest about that, so we can start to think through some strategies and things. One of the things that I want to say about you, though, is uh, I've like worked with like two coffee companies thus far. You know, it's like uh, you know, Dope Coffee out of Atlanta, uh, my boy Mike Lloyd, and then uh, Anton Aku with Voyager Coffee. So I'm like, am I just becoming this like coffee brand, dude? You know, these <laughs> people, you know, get launched. Um but like we were saying on the phone, one thing I want, I'm curious to hear your feedback on is like coffee seems like a very competitive space and there's a lot of veteran owned or veteran affiliated brands launching. And so what are you doing to distinguish yourself from all the others? Yeah. And how are you thinking about that? Yeah, I think you make a really good point going over your question. There are a lot of veteran owned coffee companies for some reason. Um we definitely differentiate ourselves with the fact that I'm from Guatemala and we source directly from, like we source direct. So we know where it's coming from. And through that contact, then we were able to get our Colombian coffee and then now our Costa Rican coffee. So we have a direct relationship and uh, our coffee is uh, certified specialty grade. So it's not just like any coffee. Oh, let's just slap a good veteran own name to it and, Let's rock and roll. I mean, if that's what other people are doing, that's cool. But we actually have, like, that's our story because we are in direct connection to that. So don't take this the wrong way. But one mm -hmm. thing I think worth thinking about is, especially for like CPG brands, right? You know, it's like if somebody rolls out an app and they talk about their features, they're like, oh, this does this, this does that, this does this. 
most people just want the app to solve the problem, right? And so yeah. sometimes I wonder, like with CPG companies, right? We talk about, oh, it's sourced from this, it's doing this, it's doing that. Is that a version of like features, you know? Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, people buy stuff because it's an underlying problem or something, right? So when you start like rolling and going to market, right? I wonder if it's going to be less about the features per se and more about like who your coffee is uniquely positioned to serve, you know, more so about like, Hey, we serve coffee to, you know, like you, you, you were talking on the phone to me about like car dealerships initially. And you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, we found out that's not really a good market for us um, because we charge a premium. And I'm saying, well, they're not your perfect customer because your perfect customer is going to be someone who likes you, loves you, tells everyone how amazing you are pays a premium for your products and services, you know? And so thinking out loud, right? Like part of this is like business is a contact sport. So you don't know what you don't know. But now that you're making out there, now that you're out there making contact, you know, might be worth testing different verticals and seeing who who are you uniquely positioned to serve. Right. And that's something that I would love to hear your uh, feedback. And if anybody has something to say about it, we have, since we started with Nissan, they were like our first client. Um, I mean, we sold to a couple of friends, but back when we didn't have any subscriptions or anything like that. Um, and we thought that was going to be our audience, but obviously it's changed. And we want to offer to businesses and like law firms, um, doctor's offices, think places like that where they serve coffee, but it has to be more like a higher end place where they're willing to go above and beyond for their customer as a even in the small details like coffee so as a matter of fact there was one thing that has stuck with me from the beginning and it was that lady that was in charge of customer experience at nissan said something one time and she said nissan focuses on innovation across the board and if that means getting the latest coffee machine and the best coffee that we can find we're gonna do it and so we have a partner. This is another thing. We have a partnership with Bun, the coffee machine maker. So where we were able to get them this huge like touch screen. It was a machine actually designed for Starbucks initially, but they have the patent has expired. So they can use it for other customers. Anyways, we got this machine. And so I guess what I'm trying to say here is I know, and one thing that we've been able to define because we've had a hard time defining who our customer is. And who is it going to be? Because we've noticed that we realize that, well, that's not our audience. Um, is that it has to be somebody that's willing to pay a premium price for the product. Like you pay what you get. We, you pay for what you get. So this is true, right? And so one of the things I want to talk to you about is when you first start launching a product or service, right? Everybody has these goals or aspirations of like, we want to be this big company. And I listen, I learned this the hard way. But honestly, when you first roll out, the goal should be to get to profitability as soon as possible. And it's like, okay, where are my first 10 customers going to come from? And then where are my next 10 customers going to come from? And then where are my next 80? So the first 100. And really when you roll out, right, it's going to come out from, think about your tactical advantage, right? So in the military, a tactical advantage is like, don't take a knife to a gunfight. You know, like, what is it that you bring uniquely? right? That uh, gives you the upper hand on the enemy. And in business, right? What gives you the upper hand? Okay. You're a graphic designer. Boom. Where are you from? Guatemala. You're from Guatemala. Okay. Um, Where'd you go to school? SCAD in Savannah. Mm -hmm. SCAD in Savannah. All right. And now you're in Annapolis, right? Right. And now you're in Annapolis. Look within your network and say, okay, how can I build a moat around my business? You know, whether that's like, I only serve to graphic designers of high-end graphic design firms, you know, maybe I only serve, uh, I don't know, academy grads that are running businesses in the Annapolis area, you know, because you're a perfect customer. They also need to have money to pay for your product, right? It's a mismatch if you're charging a premium, but you're marketing to people who can't afford you. But your first hundred, right? At the end of the day, people do business with people they like, know, and trust. Who already likes, knows, and trusts you? And a lot of times we think friends and family, okay, that's good. But in terms of like what networks already like, know, and trust us, right? Like for me, right, being an academy grad, I would like to think that if I'm working with another Naval Academy grad, he's not going to screw me over, 
You know, there's a reason in like Games of Thrones and back in the day, people married in the family and did all this other stuff because the idea is that like, yo, your brother-in-law is not going to try to cut off your head, you know? And right. so it's like in our businesses, it's like, how can we create a community that is really kind of rooting for us and that we can trust? And you're going to use that by looking at, you know, the relationships that you already have through the Dog Tag Fellowship, through all these different places and saying, okay, how can I create a unique brand? right? That speaks to this audience that I'm able to serve really well and then service a hundred of them, right? Get profitable and then talk about them, right? And why they buy your coffee, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. And I actually uh, wanted to add something to what you said about if you're a Naval Academy grad, then if you're working with another uh, Naval Academy grad, it's not going to cut your head off. But um, I've through this uh, fellowship, I got connected to a bunch of people in the coffee industry and people who are miles ahead of us. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to reach out and see how they did it, what they've done. What if I, if they were to go back in time, what would they have done differently? And the feedback that I've gotten and the amount of people that are just willing to help you out even though you're technically their competition, even if we are so small, I mean, it's just my husband and I, it's our whole operation. Um, People are willing to lend a hand and tell you, hey, you know, try this, don't do that. Uh, I went here. Um, For example, there's a program called Range Me for um, getting your product into grocery stores, but it costs over a thousand or two, I think like $2,000. I can't remember the exact price. It's something high. And I talked to someone else and, who had done it and he's like look if I could go back I would keep that money and use it invest it for something else like find your start with your local network which is exactly what you are saying so tell me about the chamber of commerce because we joined and I don't know what to do now yeah so chamber of commerce is are like the business uh communities in a local area and that could be a good place to start like I'm not the biggest fan of like networking for the sake of networking right when I do network and I'm more like, who can I help? Right. And does it make sense? Like, are we really aligned? And so a lot of times people go to these networking events and they're just like, here's my card or whatever, instead of going, just, just try to be helpful, you know? But again, for, and I keep emphasizing this for your first hundred, it's a bloodbath. You know what I mean? You're going to war every day, right? So you got to get out there and sell, right? Early days, it's your sales and marketing are really hand in hand. So it should be you like figuring out like, hey, who do I have these relationships with? Hey, I run American Force Coffee. Would love to be able to um, service your 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 small business, et cetera. You know, I see you went to, what's your, what school did you go to? SCAD. SCAD. I would start in the SCAD network. You know, I would start reaching out to people, letting them know you're a SCAD alumni. Um, and do you have this coffee brand? And you would love to see, you know, if, you're, if your office is looking for some coffee, we'd love to service you. And obviously you're thinking like, oh, well, those are small fish. But initially you start to grow and you build some brand credibility. And the other thing is you can also find a Trojan horse. And a Trojan horse is uh, somebody that's basically a channel partner. You know, so somebody that already has a big account with some of these larger companies and you can, you know, have your coffee sold to them at, you know, wholesale price or whatever. You know, so think about different ways you can do that to build that brand credibility. Right now, the first hundred is all about sales and revenue. And it took me a long time to realize that. That's why I'm thankful for Bill Watkins and the Lions Pride. You know, I do this podcast with because, you know, he really told me like, Mike, you got to get out there. You got to sell. And when I launched Ironbound Media, like there was not a lot of hoopla. You know what I mean? I was just behind the scenes hustling, getting clients, getting clients, getting clients, driving revenue. And it wasn't until I got, you know, probably 10 clients that I started to roll out this podcast to say, hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. So that's my advice to you is like really start to think about who you serve, who your perfect customer is, who are uniquely, who are you uniquely qualified to serve that you have a tactical advantage with, which means it's hard for me to compete because I don't have the same tactical advantage you have, right? Like if you're servicing graphic design firms, I'm not a graphic designer, you know? So you have that unique ability and really just start getting out there and driving revenue. And you also want to think about your messaging too. So when you first start out, like you don't want your messaging to be so uh, generic, 
Like American Forces Coffee. I'd be like, American Forces Coffee. We service coffee for, you know, what was your school again? SCAD. <laughs> SCAD alumni. <laughs> right? And just make it super simple. That's why it's Dog Whistle Branding. Your brand, or treat your brand like a dog whistle. Every time you blow on that brand with a post, right, with a sales deck, with anything, you're trying to get a perfect customer's attention. And who is that perfect customer you're trying to get? And how is your brand aligned to say, bam, hey, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. Please buy our coffee. Yeah, that's a good point. One of the, I want to ask you something. I know you're supposed to be asking the questions, but (laughs) I, one of the things that you talked about in your first podcast, I just listened to it a couple of days and I can't believe you just reached out uh, today, but uh, she talked something about being exposed and just like, you have to put yourself out there. And part of that, I feel like is a lot of, a lot of it is accepting the mistakes that you've made like in the past. And so I don't know if you personally, when you started or, you know, any stories or advice or anything for um, pricing. So we found out that we were underpriced, way underpriced. And we just, the way we found our pricing was ridiculous. We found out what coffee they had and priced like a few cents better than them. And that was it. But our product is not even, you're comparing apples to oranges. So then we had to go back and change all our pricing because, well, one, our margin was super thin. So what you want to think about, right? And I learned this, right, like just the hard way, have a market first mentality. You know, so the first thing is, right, we always think like, oh, I got this idea for a business and then I'm going to do the logo and the branding and all this other stuff. No, what market are you targeting, right? And then where are they spending the money? So you have an idea for the market and then you need to validate that like, hey, people are actually spending the money like for coffee, right? At a premium rate. So that's a mark you need to find is like, where are people already spending a lot of money on coffee already? And then how can I carve out a niche in this space, right? To drive demand. Now on the pricing, when you go out there, right? Just going to market. This is my plan. This is my plan, right? Pick three different price points and I keep it simple. Bronze, silver, platinum. Mm-hmm. Bronze is like, okay, listen, I literally, if I don't, I need to charge something so I can actually, you know, turn this into a profitable business, right? Then your uh, silver is just a little bit more. And then your platinum is your like gold standard. And you put those pack prices out there, somebody might buy platinum right off the bat. You know what I mean? And then now you're like, well, I can up my price in a little bit because now that's the center. So what I'm getting at is let the market tell you and test. And validate and test. So, like, if you roll up to a cart dealership and you're like, "Hey, these are our price point. How much is your coffee?" By the way, uh, a pound and wholesale is thirteen dollars. All right, thirteen dollars, right? And I'm like, "That's way too high for me." Then you realize, like, "Hey, they're probably not a good point for you." But then you show them too. And the thing, like, I'm what I've been told about like e-commerce and online and stuff like that is, you want to increase your price point. You don't want just thirteen dollars sales. You probably want fifty. A hundred, and like you said, even those thousand dollar plus sales. So really, a B two B sell for you would be like five thousand. That's what you're, you're yeah. saying, like month over month. So I would be like, okay, we got packages at twenty five hundred, five thousand, and ten thousand, and then roll out to some of these B two B companies and see what they're willing to buy. And then if you somebody's like, yeah, give us ten thousand dollars worth of coffee, you know, um, you're good to go. So that's something right. to think about and let the market tell you. That's why I keep saying business is a contact sport. You got to get out there and spar and you don't know what you don't know. But once you're engaging, then you start finding out stuff. Yeah. You mentioned uh, find out where your customers are spending their dollars and, you know, what they're paying for. Do you use any specific tools to find out information like that? Mm, no, you just be observant, you know. Right. Like um, when I launched Ironbound Media, for example, right, I produce branded podcasts for companies. That's how I make my margins. But a lot of my client base, veteran owned businesses are not necessarily saying, oh, I got a marketing budget. Let me go spend it on a podcast. All right. But what I have done strategically, which is why I do the dog whistle branding and I really help people with their marketing and branding is veteran owned businesses might not be spending money on podcasts yet, but they are spending money on marketing and branding. 
And so what I'm doing is I'm driving that marketing and branding demand into podcasting. So there's a strategy out there called damn the demand. Okay. And I learned it from my mentor, Christopher Lockhead, where, where people are already spending money, don't swim upstream and you carve out your own niche, right. To drive that revenue towards, towards you. Okay. What other questions? Yeah. I have another question. When you say just roll up to businesses and, you know, present your plan, Tell me about that. Like when you say roll up to business, what do you envision? Don't just roll up to businesses. (laughs) Think about who you can help. Who are you uniquely qualified to help? Like I don't sell people. I help people with their marketing and branding. I just happen to do it using podcasting. And like, I feel like I can help you. That's why I was like, you know, let's just jump on a podcast and talk it out. Right. You might not be ready for a podcast, but I can still help you, (laughs) you know? So that's the kind of stuff you want to do is like, who can you help? And when you get out there and you start talking to people, you know, say it like, hey, my name is Katina. I run American Forces Coffee. We sell coffee for, you know, law firms in the Annapolis area or something. You know, if me and my team can help you by providing you really high quality coffee, we love an opportunity to do so. If we can't, maybe we can find someone who can. But either way, you know, let's stay connected. And, uh, you know, uh, my network is your network. So you need to figure out, like, what it is it? How does your coffee help people? And how does it help businesses particularly, you know, maybe that front office when, you know, uh, I'll use an example, right? Like, let's say you're servicing like a hospital or something. People are really dealing with like traumatic issues or a family office, uh, like therapists, right? So maybe it's important for them to have that front office experience. You know, people are already nervous. So they want to have premium coffee right off the bat to help calm them down, make them feel welcome, make them feel relaxed. And that's what you do. Right. You help people um, give off the impression that, hey, this is a safe space or something. And you try to do it through premium coffee. I'm just thinking out loud. Right. But you need to figure out a way with your branding. How are you helping people? So I wouldn't say something. and I want to hear your opinion. There is I almost feel like there is a an expectation to when you roll up to a place where they have coffee in the waiting room, you already assume it's not going to be good. And I feel like people are just, when you ask them, like, what kind of coffee do you, do you like? They're like, well, just coffee is coffee. Or I like a strong coffee. But people really don't know what strong coffee is. People don't know what, they're, what they mean when they say strong coffee. When you say strong coffee, do you mean like high, um, high caffeine content? Or do you just want more coffee to water ratio? Like, you know, so people don't really know that. The, the answer to that question. So what I'm where, what I was getting up to before was, so you have that expectation that the coffee is not going to be good. And so that's what I want to change. I want to change like you don't have to drink bad coffee. <laughs> like you don't have to. There's really good coffee and it's here for you and it's actually accessible. Like you don't have to go pay an arm and a leg for a good cup of coffee. And it can be anywhere because it is really, it is accessible. And that's what we're trying to do. This is a good teachable moment. You can absolutely change that perception. But until you reach profitability, you ain't got time to do it, right? You want to find people that are already looking for high quality coffee, already spending money on high quality coffee, right? And are looking for another vendor to purchase coffee from. Those are the people you're targeting. You're not targeting the people that you've got to be sold on why they should have high quality coffee in their front office. You need to find the people that are already going out of their way to source high quality coffee for their business, et cetera. So then we say, okay, well, where do these people spend their time at, right? Where does a coffee connoisseur spend their time at, right? Probably local coffee shops. Do they go to like the coffee roasting festivals, right? You're looking for a certain kind of person that understands, you know, high quality coffee. We're not targeting the people that are just like all coffee is the same, right? Because you're selling a premium premium, uh, product. So we're going to do that later, but for right now, we got to focus on people that are already sold on, they want high quality coffee. So when I launched Iron Brown Media, right, my first clients were already looking for a podcast, right? They just need to work with somebody they like, know, and trust. So (laughs) I literally jumped on a call at the Lions Pride and Bill asked me who my perfect customer was. I said, my perfect customer is a 30 to 40 year old service academy grad who's entrepreneurial, who's running a business and wants to have a podcast to share his thought, leadership, lessons learned, et cetera. And one of my clients unclicked off a of mute and said, that's me. 
And on Wednesday, he purchased the, the podcast services. So that's what we're trying to create those experiences. And it takes a little bit more grunt work, but that's why I keep saying, you know, and I keep asking, what's your university again? SCAD. SCAD, right? It's just easier when you're marketing and branding, you get overwhelmed at first because it's like, what do I yeah. do with my time? Versus saying, I'm going to go after every scan, it's scan or SCAD? SCAD, S-C-A-D. Yeah, I'm going after every SCAD business owner that is running a profitable business upwards of, I don't know, half a million dollars a year. And I'm going to reach out to them and engage them about, you know, servicing their firm with our coffee. Right. And you probably need to go a million dollars a year if they're spending five thousand dollars a month on coffee plus. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And now it can seem overwhelming. You're like, oh my God, well, that's a really tight, tight niche. But the thing about it is that niche is so tight, you can focus. Right. So you can like you can go find that list of like, hey, can I get a list of the SCAD alumni directory? Or they're probably an alumni group out there out there. So that's the other thing, finding a group where people are already congregating at. That way you're able to, you know, um, fish where the fish are, essentially. Yeah. I like that uh, when you just said that um, the list is so small, but you can really focus because as a new business owner, you know, it's really easy to get lost in the details and in things that are not really going to move the needle. But it just I, it's just us. And I'm like, well, this needs to get done. So I'm going to do this. And before you know it, the day's over and you didn't really do the big things or the things that are actually going to um, make a difference at the end of the day. Start, it's easy. Small businesses, especially bootstrap small businesses like us, what moves the needle is revenue. We need to drive revenue with like, there's a book called The Ultimate Sales Machine by uh, Chet Holmes. He calls it Ruthless Pig-Headed Discipline. Right. You got to sell, sell, sell. And it's not selling in a sleazy sense of the, the word. It's helping people. But just get out there and help as many people as you can. But they really should be in the vicinity of your perfect customer. So that's who you want to help. And you just drive, drive, drive that. Again, your first hundred is all about sales and revenue. And instead of swimming upstream, having to convince people, find people who already have the problem that you're uniquely positioned to solve. You know, so get out there and go to these, you know, events, you know, the coffee roasting events. Maybe there's a, a Slack channel or something that people are a part of. Like what communities are these people a part of and learn from them. And then also write like maybe send an email to the alumni association and just let them know, say, hey, you know, this is Katina. I just launched American Forces Coffee. If there's any alumni who we can help, um, you know, serve high quality coffee in their front office, we love to do so. So here's my email, you know, feel free, feel free to reach out to me. And then another thing you can do as you're doing this is a concept called building in public, which I call lifting as lifting as we climb, which is sharing your insights and your knowledge of you taking this product to market, what you're learning being a, 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 a veteran owned business owner, you know, working with your husband and being a military spouse and, you know, just kind of share and teach with people, you know, so entertain, educate and share. You know, and just like, you know, there's somebody who's watching who might be listening to this podcast who hasn't launched coffee brand yet, but they want to and they're going to want to reach out to you. So you never know who's watching and rooting for you. And so you want to build this audience as you go along. So get out there, be vulnerable, you know, teach, you know, hey, I just learned this, like that lesson you learned about the car dealership. I would write that as like a LinkedIn post, like, hey, I really thought that a car dealership was going to be our perfect customer. But what I found out was um, they're probably not a good fit for us. So this is what we're thinking about. Um, we're going to go after these three different verticals and test. And here's my lessons learned. And just kind of, you know, share the knowledge. There's, there's enough for us out here all to eat, right? There's, we don't have to be scarce. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, and I think that's specifically one of the reasons well, one of the big reasons, not specifically one of the big reasons why a lot of the people in the coffee industry that I've talked with are just so willing to help because there's enough room here for all of us. And so by helping others, you're actually helping yourself. So I thought that was really cool. And when we when we get the chance to help someone that wants to ask us any questions, like, of course, we're going to be there because it's the least we can do. So this is a little bit uh, on a different topic, but I would like to ask 
what you would think, or if this was you in this situation, what would you do to take the most advantage of it? So we just launched, I told you a little earlier about this, but we just got a partnership with Chow Corp, which is a nonprofit foundation that serves as food trucks. And basically they serve the military community that wants to start their business in the food industry. So you apply to get their truck for a specific period of time and you basically get a food truck where you can go out and put your product out pretty much whenever, wherever you can get the food truck. So we're super excited. We're starting in 2022 in January. We're starting with our coffee on the truck. So if it was you on that truck, what can we do to make the best out of this opportunity? All right. So how much revenue do you, would you like in an ideal world per day from this truck, how much revenue are you bringing in? In an ideal world, if we could bring at least 2000 daily, it would be great. All right. So we need to bring in $2,000 a day from having this truck. All right. So that means, and your average coffee, right? So are you going to serve hot coffee that day then? Yes. We're going to serve hot coffee, ice or cold brew, and then we're also planning on having our bags of coffee and boxes of K-Cups. So our average product, like for drinks, is $350. All right. But well, of actual <laughs> like products, coffee products, is between $14, $16, and $20. So about, what, $17? All right. So what that means is we need to think through how do we increase your average sale, right? So I'm the grunt, right? I was an infantry guy. So... Like if I need to make $2,000 a day, how many cups of $303.50 coffee do I need to sell? But I've got to sell a lot of, a lot of freaking coffee, right? Yeah. 571 cups of coffee. So I'm a fan of one product, one target market, one main distribution channel. But I also understand that like, okay, if you're going to have this in-person opportunity, right? One of the things we need to think about is how can we increase the take home per customer? Right. So how, if, if, if what's the number for $10, right? What if we get every customer to spend at least $10 a day on us? And what would that look like? That probably look like a cup of coffee and something else that we can give them. Right. So I would think through first is what can we sell to increase the price point? Cause 350, $3 and 50 cents per cup of coffee. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. But if we can increase it to even 10, then we work the math of that back and say, okay, what do we need to sell of each day, you know, um, to get to 2000, right? So that's one thing. The other thing is, which is nice about you is you have the food truck, right? But also think through the B2B distribution. So I would say, okay, if my, the, maybe the, the truck is more marketing for you. Mm-hmm. So you're not really going to make the margin on the truck you're going to make the margin on the B2B that you do. So then you start thinking about how can I use this truck as an opportunity to get in front of my perfect customers, right? And so maybe you drive and you're going around all these different spots, dropping off warm coffee to academy grads or something, you know, in Annapolis, right? And their offices, et cetera, you know, where are people going to hang out on their, their smoke break or their lunch break or whatever, and just really think about where are your perfect customers spending their time? How can you use this truck to go out there and look them in the face? You know, here's another thing, right? Especially in this age of like social media, everyone's trying to sell from behind a computer screen. Yeah. You know, they're trying to post on social media. But when you're doing B2B, right, you're selling packages upwards of $2,500 to $10,000. People want to look you in the eye. They want to know who they're buying from. So this is a great external branding opportunity for you to go interact with your ideal buyers, right? And have a sign out front and say, hey, really like our coffee? You know, we love to service your office. I like that. I think we did, uh, we run our budget, of course, before we signed our agreement and everything. And it was, I mean, the margin is really low, but we said, okay, this is, we're obviously not going to make a huge profit out of this truck. But right now, what we need to do is find people because we need to find our first, 100 customers our first 10 customers so if we can get in front of more people and we're still making a little bit of money i i think that's a good idea yeah you i mean 
one, it's a great opportunity, I think, just from yeah. an external brand perspective. So it could help with distribution. But you also write like a brick and mortar. Even a truck is still a brick and mortar. It's a whole situation. So just <laughs> be self-aware of that. But again, what I was saying earlier is when it comes to CPG brands or any business in general, I'm a fan of one product or service sold to one perfect customer through one main distribution channel. So like for me, let's say uh, I sell branded podcast services to service academy grads, to veteran-owned businesses, or early stage startups that can afford it, right? And my main distribution channel is LinkedIn, all right? Or a referral network, or it's, you know, an email newsletter or something, right? At least to start out with, and then you, you know, you grow from there. But that's at least easy for you to focus. That way you're not spreading yourself too thin. But here's the other thing we want to also be acknowledged of, right? In the military, we got this term called uh, bracketing, you know? Jim Collins calls it fire bullets and cannonballs. All right. So you fire a bunch of different shots, right? You say, oh, I'm going to test off doctor's offices. I'm going to test law. I'm going to test lawyers. I'm going to test car dealerships. But at a certain point, you start to realize, hey, I'm starting to get some real hits on these lawyers office. Okay. So then what you're going to do is you're going to stop focusing on firing bullets and you're going to fire a cannonball at the, uh, at the lawyer's office. And that's your attention. And that's where you focus on and you drive and you drive and drive until you get a hundred and then you open up to different channels. I like to use Facebook as an example. When Mark Zuckerberg launched Facebook, he didn't sell to every university, right? He focused on getting everyone at Harvard where he was going to school on that platform first. And then he expanded to other platforms, right? So you want to test, but then once you start getting some validation, then you want to focus on one and really hone in on it and be really, really good at it. So that's what I would think about is like, really just get out there. And, and for you, since you're doing B2B, right? And you've got, you still got some time, right? You got between now and until the food truck is not till January, right? Go, go close a sale within the next like week, like a B2B sale. You know, I know that sounds audacious, but you also want to focus on the economic buyer. This is the person that can cut the check. So a lot of times this might be the person that's running the office, like the business owner themselves which is why I keep saying that tactical advantage is who is going to pick up the phone for you. And it's probably going to be another SCAD grad or it's going to be another uh, founder own business owner, you know, in Annapolis that you should talk to directly, not his front office, right. But talk to him directly and where can you go to have those relationships to get you those relationships? Yeah, I agree with that. And one of the, another question that I have for you is, when do you know, using, going back to the bullets and the cannon example, when do you know, okay, I need to stop wasting bullets on this because it's not, not going to happen. How we've had a hard time um, kind of, and that happened with a dealership. You know, we spent a lot of money trying to get to dealerships before we realized this is not, this is not going to work. Like, this is not going to work. We spent more money than we should have, I guess, if I should say it differently. How did you spend the money? Did you spend the money trying to market to them or did you spend the money trying to sell to them? Both. So we would show up with a bunch of samples and like gifts and mugs and all these things and brochures and all this. And it just like we can never get a response or it won't be just like, oh, yeah, we'll call you back. Oh, yeah, we'll call you back. Uh or the office manager's not in, you know, just playing the runaround game. And we spent a lot of time playing that game. The sole purpose of the fire bullets and cannonballs is to validate and you validate with dollars, right? So you're going to know that you've hit something because people are going to be spending money. So when I launched Ironbound Media, my initial go-to-market strategy was targeting accelerators and incubators because it was in the middle of the pandemic. I assumed that people were sick of Zoom and that rather than sit and get lectured on Zoom all day, just create a podcast with your lecturer or whatever and let Ironbound Media facilitate that. Once I started talking to these incubators and accelerators, I found out that their marketing budget was zero, right? It was like very little marketing whatsoever. But I started to get a lot of traction from veterans within my network who were saying, hey, I want to launch a podcast or veteran affiliated or somebody in that circle, right? And so that's when after I got enough of it, I was like, I rebranded. Right. And I just start focusing mainly on servicing veteran owned businesses. Now, that doesn't mean that all my clients are veteran owned businesses. Half of my clients are civilians. But the thing is, like, it just makes it easier for me to spend my time 
creating branding assets to help veteran-owned businesses as opposed to trying to help everyone. Where do you think businesses in general are spending their money incorrectly? Like, where are they wasting your money when it comes to marketing or their money? They're wasting it on um, marketing that doesn't drive revenue. And it depends on the stage the business is at, right? So if you're in the first hundred customers, right? Like if you're not profitable, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're not paying yourself a salary. You're not doing any of those things. Okay. Then your whole marketing should be about, is this driving revenue? And again, your sales and marketing go hand in hand for the first hundred, right? So like I am still selling very much, but I launched this podcast to uh, also be my marketing arm for our services at Ironbound Media. So like while I'm doing client delivery, helping our clients launch their podcasts and launch their shows, et cetera, I'm still creating good content to put out to the universe concurrently. So I'm doing both. You get what I'm saying? But early on, I didn't have time to do both. It was mainly just sales, just sales, just sales. So I just hired someone on our marketing team to um, help with the marketing of the podcast, right? So they're helping marketing Dog Whistle Brandon. They're marketing our clients podcast, right? But I wasn't there a year ago, but I'm there now. So that's what I'm saying of like, it should be solely focused on driving revenue for your business. You need to make money. Because it lets you know that you have something people are willing to pay for. Right. And taking it a step even back, a step for, or back more, um, how do you personally find the pain point in your customers? How do you start like digging in there to find out if it's somebody that you don't know yet? So it shouldn't be somebody you don't know yet. It should be somebody you know. So you should be a part of a group or something, right? So like one of the things that I knew why I want to position Ironbound Media around Dog Whistle Brandon was because I'm part of a group called the Lions Pride, right? Bill Watkins, um, uh, you know, he's my business coach, right? And we do this podcast together and I recommend people to go to Lions Pride. But one of the things in the Slack channel was I kept seeing all these conversations coming up about marketing and branding and shitty ROI, right? People are frustrated. They're paying like $3,500 a month, you know, for someone to run their social media and it's not doing anything for them. Or how do they measure the ROI and all this other stuff? And so I just start watching, realizing that, hey, marketing and branding is a, is a problem for a lot of people in the Lions Pride, right? So when I rolled out Dog Whistle Branding, you know, one of the first places I started was to address marketing and branding within my group, right? So I really want this to be a resource for them. The same thing with Bunker Labs and um, the veteran entrepreneurial community in general. I started to notice that a lot of our community sucks at going to market. You know, we can make the pitch decks and all this other stuff. But when it comes to going from zero to 100, right, we suck at it. So it's me being immersed in the community that I was able to be observant and learn what the pain point is. So, again, if you're targeting lawyers or some group, right, where can you spend time with these people to figure out what their pain point are and just be observant and learn? And there's a book I'm going to recommend for you, which is called The Minimalist Entrepreneur. By Saval Sahal Lavangia, something along those lines, The Minimalist Entrepreneur, it's a great book. And one of the things he talks about is like creating products or services to serve a community that you're already a part of because they already trust you and they don't have time to do it themselves. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, we need to do and ask the questions. I feel like a lot of you will, people will tell you more then you ask if you just listen. So that's something that we've learned. Um, Instead of going to people and saying like, hey, get our product because it's this, 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 and that. Say like, what are you looking for in a product? Or when was the last time you bought coffee? And why did you buy it there? And then just with a simple question, like where did you buy your last cup of coffee and why? Exactly. (laughs) Like you ask questions and then you say, hey, well, if we can help, we love an opportunity to do so. If we can't help, you know, I'll be on the lookout. And when I come across somebody who can help you, you know, let me know. Yeah. There's one thing. Um, Brandon and I wrote this because the Three Rangers Foundation <clears throat> uh, puts up like a gift guide, a holiday gift guide for ranger-owned businesses. And so we came up with this part. And I want to hear what, like, what do you think about it? Okay. So tell me your honest opinion. So 
It's two paragraphs. So it's American Force Coffee is a veteran and military spouse team that excels in sourcing specialty grade and single origin coffee directly from Guatemala, Costa Rica, and Colombia. We offer online retail subscriptions, B2B, and office coffee. We love serving and supporting fellow rangers businesses. We are a no flare, no gimmick, no bombs exploding to get your attention company. We're quite professionals who specialize in what we do best, which is really good coffee. And then it goes on about, you know, through our services, blah, blah, blah. So what we offer. So give me your thoughts about that. All right. It's too long. You need to get it down to okay. a one line description, right? At Ironbound Media, we do X, Y, Z. You know, we create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series for companies and organizations. Or you niche down. We create and distribute branded podcast series for early and growth stage, veteran-owned small businesses. You understand? Super simple, boom, clearly divine. Now, one thing I didn't think about that you just said, though, was what if your perfect customer is looking for Guatemalan coffee and they understand Guatemalan coffee comes at a premium? So that might be something worth exploring is who are the people that are actively looking to source premium Guatemalan coffee? And you can service those people. But I think your description is kind of long, right? I think it's good. But the thing is, you talk about, you're still talking about features, right? Guatemalan, boom. Veteran owned, boom. You know, but is there a niche that you go after? Right. Is there a niche that like you're uniquely qualified? Boom. Have that all within that one liner. Right. And then lead with that. And then as they start to explore their curiosity, then they find out about the other stuff. You overloaded them with features at the beginning. You know, I'm a I'm just looking for a premium Guatemalan coffee. I want my I miss home. It reminds me of home. You know, maybe I served in Guatemala, you know, one of these spook agencies or something. You know what I mean? Like I want to, <laughs> I want to remind, I love Guatemala and I love Guatemalan coffee. It's got this unique taste and flavor to it. Right. That lead with that. That's the problem I'm trying to solve is I'm trying to find Guatemalan coffee. I don't care about all the other stuff. And so what you got to do is you got to position your messaging around a problem that people uh, have. And, you know, I keep saying it, dog with a Brandon, stand out from the crowd, stand out from the crowd, channel through the noise and engage your perfect customer. What are you doing to stand out from the crowd? There's a lot of Brovet coffees out there, a lot of Brovet coffee companies out there that you're competing against. So rather than compete, carve out your own niche and say, we serve these people. How can we use our, our, our opportunity in this truck to find a niche? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Put it on, put a sign. Put a sign up. Okay. Like I go to my girlfriend's pop-ups in New York, like almost every weekend. And if I was her, I would like, she sells a uh, handcrafted skincare products like balms. And she also has these balm candles, right? So you like have the candles and it melts down. You can still use it. And one day she was like, um, have a smelly home or something, buy one of our candles. And they were selling like hotcakes, you know? So write the problem that somebody has on like a chalkboard or something. Hey, looking for Guatemalan coffee for your office, you know, come to the truck or something. Right. And, you know, use it to drive revenue. And then also just use it to build, just say like, Hey, we're testing out stuff, share your, you know, what you got going on and see who you can get. Use this truck as an opportunity to go to your perfect customer and test. So maybe test a bunch of different offices. You know, maybe you go to this office one day or you go to this office or, or whatever. And then you start to figure out like, Hey, whenever we go here, we don't sell any coffee. Whenever we go here, we just close a thousand dollar account. So use it for like biz dev. I love that. I love this. Uh, the idea of the sign, something so simple can really pull people, especially if you put out their problem. There it is. And you can use it to interview people. Just use a truck to interview people, go engage the community, talk about coffee, you know, let them know what you got going on. Ask them what their thoughts are who you should be talking to, you know, and use it to get out there and basically get like customer interviews. Yeah. We were thinking about also having these little like bistro tables with like two chairs and setting two in front of the truck, wherever we are to invite people to sit down. And since we're there, like we can sit there with them and talk to people because that's what we're trying to do. 
is to not only get them to know our brand, but we also need to know our customer. You know, here's another thing I'm just thinking out loud. And I'm curious to hear the audience's feedback. You're trying to position a Guatemalan brand through American Forces Coffee, right? No. Why not position a Guatemalan? Why not position? Why not make it a Guatemalan brand? Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's so many bro vet coffee brands out here, you know, but guess what? If I want Hawaiian cold brew, I'm going to talk to Anton Aku at Voyager. Yes. <laughs> Cause I want, you know, I want that Hawaiian flavored coffee. If I want Guatemalan coffee, I need to go talk to Katina. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like you, you, you might want to lean into the Guatemalan angle more and the culture. Cause I'm thinking like you drive around in this truck, playing Guatemalan music and educating people about Guatemalan culture and inviting them to experience a different kind of coffee as opposed to another American-made brand that sources this coffee from here. What if you lean into the Guatemalan? Now that's your heritage, that's your background. Yeah, I love that. I didn't even think about it like that. We've always tried to make it seem like, I guess what we focus the whole time, and doesn't mean that it's not, it can't change, but it's always been like, let's show people that they can have really good coffee accessible. Like you don't have to go pay an arm and a leg for a good cup of coffee. It's closer to you than you think. And that's what we want people to know. And we also want people to know things about coffee. Like, um, oh, you know, the darker the roast doesn't mean there's more caffeine. It's actually the complete opposite. Because as the beans roast more and more, more caffeine evaporates that caffeine evaporates but the beans dry more and so the darker the roast there's actually less caffeine content so if you drink a super dark roast and a lighter roast you'll have more caffeine in a lighter roast so that's something that sounds so counterintuitive but it's you know a lot of people don't know it how many american-made coffee brands are out now how many brovet coffee brands are there i can't i don't even have enough how many guatemalan coffee brands are there out there right now in the States. Yeah. In, in Annapolis. Yeah. You could be uh, the DMV's number one Guatemalan coffee brand. And then you start educating people. What is Guatemalan coffee versus all these other coffee brands? And see yeah. if that resonates more with people than... Uh, uh, than the um, American Forces coffee, right? Because there's a lot of other coffee brands that are out there, right? Black Rifle Coffee, all that other stuff. But DMV's number one Guatemalan coffee? I'm curious now. And then you need to craft a point of view. What is Guatemalan coffee? What's different about it than all these other coffees? And then you know what you have? You have product founder fit. You're Guatemalan, you love coffee, and you have a company to source coffee with and distribute it with. Like, I can't compete in Guatemalan coffee because I'm not Guatemalan. That's your competitive advantage right there. I don't live in the DMV. You do. That's another competitive advantage right there. And you can educate people. You're uniquely qualified to educate people about Guatemalan coffee. Yeah. That is true. Maybe we can have a... Would you do this in as a separate brand, like as a separate company, or could it be something under American Force? Don't even How overthink it. How would you do that? It. Don't even overthink it. Create two sales decks, right? Go try to sell American Forces coffee and also go try to sell um, positioning around Guatemalan coffee, All right? They don't need to see the website or anything like that yet. Just have a sales deck, you know, two different messages. You know, the DMV's number one Guatemalan coffee and then you have the American Forces coffee. And as you're engaging with people, right, see what's resonating with more people. You're like, damn, every time I roll up with this sales deck from, and, and be honest too, right? Like, they don't need to know, like, this is, a, this is branding too. This is branding one-on-one. We're not Coca-Cola. We're not Pepsi. We don't have these big marketing team budgets, right? They're like solo founders out there hooking and jabbing. Be open and honest. Hey, my name is Katina. I run Guatemalan Coffee Company. You know, we're a, a DMV-based coffee company, the number one coffee company in the DMV for Guatemalan coffee. Um, we love to come by and, you know, show you what we got. And I've heard you were interested in Guatemalan coffee. 
and uh, let us know what you think, et cetera. And so use two different messages and see what resonates with people and then let them take it and run with it. I love it. I'm so excited about this idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm and I for listeners, you know, y'all are like, why is Mike talking and rambling on this podcast with Katina? Well, you know, for me, right, like I do believe in like um there's enough out here for all of us, right? Like she said before, and how can we help people? And sometimes I'm in the hustle, but because I have a podcast, I was like, let's just jump on a podcast and we can kill two birds with one stone. We can I can help you. You know, as we start to think through um, the issues you're having with your coffee brand, and I can also capture some good content to help other people as well. What other questions you got? I'm drawing a blank right now, but I have so many. <laughs> uh, well, this is another, but I don't know if this is the right question to ask right now, but before the coffee opportunity or the truck opportunity came to us we were actually playing uh what comes first the chicken or the egg game uh and trying to figure out what our next step is so right now we outsource our roasting to someone in baltimore who are they are incredible so but a lot of our profit goes into that i mean it's a really big cost for us outsourcing so we figured either a we set up our own little roastery where we can roast our own beans but the investment doesn't justify like the amounts of, of sales that we have right now doesn't justify setting up a whole roastery like we don't have the volume because nobody knows us and then nobody knows us yet and then setting up a coffee shop where we can actually interact with people and people know about our brand and have a place to go physically and have an experience um but still outsourcing roasting so that means even less margins. So we were kind of playing with that back and forth. And we I'll tell you what we decided after you give me your thoughts. So first thing, there's a book behind me called Third Shift Entrepreneur that I had the opportunity to write the forward for. And I also have a podcast for it. Uh, I recorded with Todd Connor, uh, the founder of Bunker Labs and author of the book. So I'm going to send you a link to that podcast and I'll put it in the show notes as well. But for a bootstrap entrepreneur, right? I start contract roasting. You don't need to go out there and build the, the roastery and build a coffee store and everything, you know, set up some contract roasting, get the beans from Guatemala, you know, maybe pay someone to roast them after hours or something, you know, and then start small, right? The stair step approach, little by little, right? Drive your revenue, right? That's one of the challenges of like venture capital is that like it's shown people that they can be entrepreneurs by avoiding profitability, but a lot of those companies fail. I don't want you to fail. You know, we're trying to de-risk the venture. So think about doing contract roasting. That could be an option, you know? Yeah, that's but, what we're doing. Yeah, that's what you're doing. So I would keep just doing that. Keep driving revenue, 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 and set conditions, right? So say, okay, if we're going to do our own roastery, then we need to bring in half a million to a million dollars in revenue. And then once you bring in a million dollars, now you can say, okay, we can do a little roastery or something. But like, don't put the chicken before the egg. That's my advice for a bootstrapper. Yeah, we just, <laughs> that was what we decided. We were like, you know what? First, let's make some more sales. And then we can focus on what our next step is going to be. We just realized we were getting ahead of ourselves, trying to set up a roastery or a coffee shop when we didn't even have sales. So first, let's get down and dirty know people around us, do the work, and then we can talk about um, doing something bigger like that. Yep. Well, so. anything else? I feel like we got a lot of stuff covered today. Nice. That's great. I love it. Thank you for inviting me. No, I appreciate it. Uh, Katina, let our listeners know where they can find you. How can we support you with what you got going on at uh, American Forces Coffee? And then also any uh, advice you have for our listeners who are in their own go-to-market phase right now? Um, my advice would be it's probably going to be harder than you think. But when it when you get that one victory, it tastes so much better. So there is a big thing that comes with being an entrepreneur start and starting from the ground up by yourself versus just like inheriting another company or working for someone else. There's no comparison. So do the hard work because it, it, it does pay off. 
And then uh, they can find us online, obviously, at, uh, at American Force Coffee. No S, just one force. American Force Coffee. And our website is AmericanForceCoffee.com. That's until she rebrands to DMV's number one Guatemalan coffee. <laughs> we'll see, though. But in all seriousness, I'll include the link to your website as well as to your social media and everything in our show notes. And then, Katina, I'm going to keep helping you. You know, um, I like I said, today we jumped on the podcast, or jump on a phone call, but let's keep lifting as we climb. I just didn't want you to think I was ghosting you. So our <laughs> listeners, if you're tuning in and you need help with your marketing and branding, and you want to jump on the podcast with me, you know, feel free to shoot me a text, 832-284-1045, or shoot me an email at mikeandweareironbound.com. But for everyone tuning in, what I love for you to do is be sure to subscribe to the Dog Whistle Branding, uh, to the official Dog Whistle Branding newsletter on Substack at the link in the show notes, as well as your favorite podcast hosting platform, such as iTunes and Spotify. The goal is to send out a podcast and newsletter at least once a week to help you level up your marketing, branding, and category design efforts. And again, if you're interested in being a guest on the show or want me to cover a specific topic on the podcast, shoot me an email at mikeatweirironbound.com or message me via text at 832-284-1045. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media, where we help veteran business leaders create, distribute, and grow branded podcast series in order to engage with their ideal audience. We believe that audio is the future of publishing, and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is also powered by the Lions Pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders that serves mission-driven, high-performing small business owners with at-the-ready resources, battle-tested tools, and full-service support. We're proud to support veterans and other badass business owners at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. Thank you.